from the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs. This is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. The Kansas City Chiefs have a few contracts coming their way that they need to get done, but 2020 is an upheaval year. How are they going to get through this? Welcome back to Locked On Chiefs. I'm Ryan from RGR Football on YouTube, as well as the founder of Rogue Analytics. And we need to talk about how the Chiefs are going to meander their way through what is an obstacle course at this point of a preseason. Yes, there is the Patrick Mahomes contract that is out there looming. And yes, they have this uh, standoff right now with Chris Jones, uh, who will likely play under the franchise tag. There are a couple of questions that we'll address here in a minute. But at the end of the day, it is the virus that is the number one obstacle. And what we saw in reports from the college ranks when teams tried to get back together, this looks like an uphill battle for the NFL. The Chiefs are likely to be one of the teams that are in the better of positions anyway because they have a very experienced, very professional, and very knowledgeable training staff in Rick Burkholder and his group. That allows them to move forward not only with caution, but also with confidence that they're going to be able to get things done and come up with a plan that allows them to field a team. And after what we've seen at Clemson, at LSU, at K-State, fielding a team becomes maybe the hardest part of this scenario in 2020. Because after just a little bit of time exposed to practicing at being around each other, we've seen what kind of clusters of the virus show up. This is something that's going to carry through the season and quite frankly, may define this 2020 season when it all comes down. I feel confident that the NFL is very focused on making sure that they have a season. We're going to talk with Matt Derrick here in a couple of minutes about the specifics, not only of what the league's doing, but what specifically it might look like for the Kansas City Chiefs. We also have some things about how do you bring in new players? There's a lot of question marks about Jamal Adams and his interest in coming to Kansas City. That's something that I'll talk about on the RGR football channel on YouTube on Tuesday night, so make sure you check that out. But without getting into specifics about that particular player, the prospect of bringing in new players in general always adds an element of surprise in terms of exposure to people that may have been exposed somewhere else, flying into your town, joining your practice squad joining your hotel of what may be the future, uh, at least for 2020, of a specific team hotel being where players live in a bubble for the season. Any introduction of someone new is possibly an exposure to the virus at that point. And that could lead to the point where forfeitures are in, are in the future. If a team gets sick to the point where they can't field a complete team, they will have to forfeit. If they get to the point where any one position group is so sick that they can't get that one on the field, particularly quarterback, you let that virus out in a quarterback room and everyone gets sick, you're looking at emergency quarterbacks playing. That's not a recipe for success, not only for that team, but for the league in general. And that's something that is a concern overall as they get ready to try and within the next six weeks, honestly, within the next five weeks at this point, bring teams back into facilities to try to get together and work on playing this sport. There's a lot to be seen and there's a lot still to be answered. When we get back, we're going to talk with Matt Derrick about a lot of the specifics. And before I go any farther, you got to check out Built Bar, who is our title sponsor this week and also just the best tasting protein bar I've ever had. 
Built Bars are the protein bars that taste like a candy bar. There's 16 amazing base flavors, and they always have something new, special additions, or whatever comes to their mind. And they're covered in 100% real chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew, and they're perfect for a health-conscious guy or a family like mine. They help you lose and maintain weight while indulging in a delicious snack that you can go back to over and over again. They're low-calorie, low-sugar, but they're high in fiber and high in protein. They're somewhere between 110 and 170 calories, and they always have low net carbs. They're a great snack and something that gives you the macronutrients that you need. So go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get $10 off your first order. Use the promo code LOCKEDON, all one word, for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. You got to make the most of your time, and Matt Derrick's with us. How are you, Matt? I'm well, Ryan. How are you doing? I'm having fun right now. Uh, smashing rumors, trying to see what's going on. Um, a lot of theories uh, lately. And for me in particular, I, I've been really focused on what's going on around the rest of the league. And that's what I want to start with because we're not going to hear from the team for very much uh, between now and whenever they try to do camp. And the try is the specific word that comes to my mind. Um, the outbreak, quote unquote, of Cowboys players, uh, Texas players in general that are now sick with the virus. And I don't know how many of them were uh, together when they might've been working out or whatever, but now the league doesn't want anybody to work out until they get to camp. That's got to be kind of scary for the future, right? Yeah. You know, and it's a little bit, you know, the, the notice coming out from Dr. Sills to say that they don't want any of the players working out on their own. Um, kind of after the cows are already out of the barn because players have been (laughs) doing that. And now you're getting to the time of year where the players aren't doing that. I mean, um, once you get to mid June last week, the, the Chiefs shut down all their OTAs. I mean, that was their, their rounding up. So they shut down all their virtual workouts last week and everybody's gone their own separate ways. And that's usually what the plan is for NFL players. You get to mid June and that's their vacation time. That's their, their, their last chance before the season to get away. So that's been on the schedule and the calendar all along for these guys. You know, it was the, this is their time to power down. So, um, really over the next few weeks before training camp, there wouldn't be a whole lot of guys getting together. Yeah. You know, last year, I think the chiefs had a little kind of vacation for some of the pass catchers and, and quarterbacks right before. Um, but you know, there's really not that whole lot. I mean, a lot of it has been happening over the last few weeks. Um, sure. Chiefs have certainly been some of the teams doing it. Some of those guys working off on their own together. So yeah, yeah the thing at this point, uh, they should have said that two months ago if they wanted it to have any effect. I, I'm with you. And we did see footage of what from a week or two ago with Mahomes throwing to Kelsey and, uh, Garrett Dieter and a couple of others, but I think it's interesting that it seems like Andy Reid in particular has set this up to be as close to business as usual schedule wise as it possibly can. And you're right. They should be out and scattered. Hopefully no chartered fishing trips or anything like that. But if they can maintain that, how do you feel overall after what we've seen for the offseason program about how they're preparing for what maybe some other teams are setting themselves up to have some issues? Yeah, I mean, you, you got to feel pretty good for what the Chiefs have done. That, that it seems that their preparation has been probably about as sharp as it could be, and from what we know, and for this time of year, and a lot of what we're still talking about. I mean, you're leaning on two things. You're leaning on the fact that Andy Reid is probably one of the most organized coaches in the league, who's got his own plan in place and has been doing it for long enough that everything's a routine. These guys all know what to expect, so. The stuff that they were doing, yeah, it's not stuff that they can do on the field, but it's the stuff that they would do in meeting rooms all the time anyway. So, mm-hmm. you know, some of it was just adapting it for the format. So, 
Um, the Chiefs feel really good about where they're at as far as that goes. Um, still, the, the difficulty they're going to face, same thing a lot of other teams face, is going to be how you get the rookies in, how quickly you can get them up to speed, some of the newcomers, how they you know get into the plan. Um, but you know what? At the same time, not every team has been the same. I mean, um, some teams have treated this you know off season differently than the Chiefs have, and maybe not as hardcore. Maybe it's a better word than serious. Uh, but then you got teams like the Saints. You you know, Sean Payton just packed it in, said, "No, don't worry about it. I'll see. You. I'll see you in July. Um, we can work. We'll see how that works out." Uh, all the teams have kind of done it a little bit differently, but I, I know the Chiefs feel pretty good with what they've done to this point. And I think that, and looking forward to what they have to do getting together again, that probably helps them. Just a routine of being where you're supposed to be, when you're supposed to be, when it feels natural in the course of the year, I think has to help. When you look at what's going on in baseball, in other things around the country with these small clusters of outbreaks, uh, a number of states are seeing cases rise again. Quite frankly, states where a lot of the Chiefs players are from, I don't know if they're, they're still vacationing there, going home or whatever, but how concerned are you about what happens if a couple of the Chiefs players pick up this virus? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to depend on how the NFL approaches it. Um, you know, if you look at what the, they've done at the college level, from what the experts are telling these organizations, sports organizations about how to handle it, these college teams have done the exact opposite. <laughs> I have no idea what they were thinking. And if you haven't seen, you know, some of the inside story about the Kansas State outbreak and, you know, some of the players who picked it up and that they think, you know, that maybe some of these positive tests are coming from a party. Um, yeah, that, no, no, that's <laughs> not what you can do. If Now, if the NFL does it right, if they do it the way that the experts are telling them, which is, frankly, they're going to have to bring the players in for two weeks before they ever have a workout. They're going to bring the players in. They're going to test everyone and then isolate them from each other even for 14 days. That's what you got to do to create the bubble. Um, and then from there, then you can start having a workout. So, you know, to a degree, I mean, the NFL is going to have to look at their schedule and see, you know, when they want to bring these players back. But I can tell you from, you know, talking to people and you look at some of these examples that you've already gotten, especially at the college level. Um, even in some of the NFL players and some of these other teams that have been working on on their own, if you just get these guys back together and start working out and let them go back home, go to the grocery stores, lead their normal lives, dine out, you're going to have these outbreaks continue. To, I mean, you're, the only way that you can mitigate it is with the hardcore bubble. And if the NFL doesn't do that, then they're going to have some problems. And even if they do implement the hardcore bubble, then I think the real question is, going to be how many people want to go along with it because there might be some players there could be some coaches who don't want to make that sacrifice Uh, that's why i've been saying that you know i think this is like a 39 step process for the nfl to get back into action and frankly i think they're only on step two because there is so much work to be done um things to iron out i know they've been working on it and a lot of it's not public Mm -hmm. but there are still so many steps when it comes to working with the nfl pa getting the players on board, getting a process in place, getting facilities ready. They're, they're not close to that being ready yet. And I think that process is going to be really interesting. We've heard a couple of little things about uh, attempting to test players three times a week. That's all well and good, but I don't know if there's anybody specifically on, te- on staff right now that is used to administering those tests. We've heard news reports that, Part of the problem with false negatives, false positives on some of these, specifically the swab tests, are due to inaccurate conduction of the test itself. They need experts 
that at taking samples. Do you see an expansion of the chiefs, either training staff or a dedicated medical staff to take care of this testing? Well, the NFL usually takes this stuff pretty seriously. Um, the, the problem is really it's the, it's this time of year and the way that they have gone about um, the off season is that they, yeah, they don't, they have not had a testing plan in place for the players right now. They're really not going to have an NFL procedure in place until July. And yeah, I mean, at that point, you know, I, they are probably going to have, you know, missed some things. There's going to be some things that have you know, slipped through the cracks and, you know, we'll, we'll see. I mean, they, maybe they're going to have a lot of players who already have antibodies in place. Um, there are based on what we've seen so far. I mean, that's, that's quite likely, but you're also going to see plenty of, of positive tests. And once you get, and remember, it's not just the players that are going to be in this bubble that you've got to isolate. I mean, if, because you take the players and put them up in a hotel and keep them from going home all you want to. But if you're not doing the same thing with the equipment managers and you're not doing the same thing with PR guys, you're not doing everything. The people that work in the kitchens to feed them. If you don't do the same thing with all these different other groups, you're still just opening up, you know, Pandora's box for what can happen. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and hey, I still say the NFL, at least they are in the position to see what happens in some other leagues. Mm-hmm. But, you know, what we've also seen is that none of the other leagues have been seamless with how they've been able to negotiate this. And Major League Baseball is worse than anybody. Um, but I can't tell you right now that the NFL is not going to be in that kind of same ballpark because the NFL PA, I don't think is just going to want to show up, you know, in July for training camps with no changes. They're going to want some things addressed before they do that. Yeah. I want to take a second and move forward specifically to the chiefs and what they are set up to do themselves. And I want to start to follow up on something that you said in the last segment. Is it, Enough to have a unique relationship. One of the Chiefs' core sponsors is KU Medical. They have that resource to pull from. And can you see that becoming something that is not only more prominent for the coming season, but something that they really have to rely on? Yeah, I mean, and and the Chiefs are, aren't any different in that regard from a lot of NFL teams in that they do have a, you know, a medical staff. It's not necessarily a full-time group, but um, there are people that are on the payroll or at least contracted to work for the team. And it's not just, you know, they have, they have surgeons and, you know, Dr. Dr. Shreppel, I know is the other really their main doctor. He's the guy that probably, you know, the name because he's the one that set Patrick Mahomes' kneecap back into place mm-hmm. on the field. <laughs> Thanks, um, you know, so they've got those guys available and those, those men and women available if they need them. Um, but you're right. I mean, for, for handling this, I think they are absolutely going to have to staff up a little bit as far as the people who are around the team full time. And you're right. I mean, to do the testing and to do it adequately and accurately. Um, yeah, they're going to have to have medical resources on staff that they don't have right now. And I don't think there's any trouble with them getting them. But, you know, at the same time, I mean, they've got to be willing to, you know, pay for it and to make it happen. And it's one thing for the league to say, go ahead. We're you know allowing you to add to your staffs to X number of people or whatever, because there are currently staff counts across the league in terms of maximums, correct? Yeah, there are. And I can't remember exactly how it is as far as, you know, from the medical staff, but the NFL, I mean, they, you know, to their credit, they usually have a pretty good, you know, track record for allowing teams to have, uh, you know, maybe it's more, you know, probably from, you know, emergency situations, because that's usually what they're talking about. Um, you know, for like, a, you know, cheese practice, you know, there's, you know, up in training camp. I mean, they've, they're, they've got, you know, medics on, on, on the, on the go and everything. And, mm-hmm. um, their game day prep. I mean, I've, I've had a chance to go through as a tour of, the facilities that they have at the stadium and what the, you know, what medical, you know, physicians are on hand during the games. 
But yeah, you now you're talking about extending that really through Monday through Saturday and yeah. doing more of that. And I don't think there's any problem with the the NFL would probably waive a lot of that and say, you know what? Hey, if you, any people that you need to treat, you know, COVID-19, don't worry about limits. Go ahead and put them on. Do whatever you need to do. And we're not going to worry about there being a maximum. That's the minimum. But I, I don't think they'd be worried about the high end. Yeah. And that's something that they're just going to have to do in terms of feeding that bubble. They have to have those staff on hand. But the bubble itself intrigues me like you said you can sequester players together i think it's even really interesting that i've heard somebody speak to the idea of of having to sequester position groups together because like people have said if your fourth string tailback comes in with the virus and sits in that meeting room with your starter and his backup now all of a sudden you've got a, a specific position that can be decimated all at one time yeah. And, you know, and that's one of the things that popped up last week was the report that, you know, the NFL may be considering expanding practice squads to 16 players. That also plays into it because and that's a question that has to be answered because injuries happen and inside the bubble. It won't be a case of where you can just go out on the street and sign a free agent. If you're going to sign a free agent and he's not on a team and he's not inside the bubble, a guy's going to have to be tested going to have to sit out for 14 days before you can get him into practice uh, if they do it correctly. So, yeah, you're seeing them trying to figure out a way to maybe open up the number of players and expand it. Uh, But, yeah, I mean, and and Jim Harbaugh with the Ravens had some excellent points. I mean, some of the things that the NFL is saying as far as how they think that practices should be conducted are not entirely based in reality. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I think that, you know, NFL is – and it feels different than soccer. I mean, you know, it's just a different sport, the way that it's played. Uh, you don't have as you can you can play the game without players as in close contact as they are consistently. And NFL has the most players on the field in close contact of any sport that's out there. So obviously, I think it's going to have the, the most difficult challenge with that. And you're right. I mean, you know, maybe it means keeping your quarterbacks away, because if your quarterback gets sick, you're hosed. Um, you know, and, and the NFL can't afford that. And that's why, you know, I wonder too, I mean, quality of the product is going to have to be a consideration because I don't think that they can just say that, you know, we're, we're going to play football, but you know, it, it may not be very good football. If a bunch of guys get sick, if a bunch of coaches get sick and can't participate, then you're not getting what, you know, fans are paying for. I think it's a really interesting scenario. And, and for those of you out there who think, oh, this isn't a big deal. They get sick, they'll miss a game or two. If all the quarterbacks get sick, we're talking about watching Travis Kelsey throw passes. So this is an issue, okay? Beyond that, though, like you said, expanding to 16 for the practice squad, having somebody that you've already signed is and is, again, in the bubble, in the team facility, I assume it would be the Adams Mark or somewhere close that has access to the facility. But then you like that airlock kind of thing, two weeks before they can actually join, you have gaps in your lineup in that time. Could we see things where if this does happen and teams don't want to forfeit a game, but they have specific issues at a, at a given position, could we see changes to the way games are played, say, with, without tight ends? Or, you know, Lord forbid you, your offensive line group gets hit and you can only field four offensive linemen. What do you do? Well, that's I mean, those are the kind of type of things they're going to have to have answers to. And if they don't have answers to them by the beginning of training camp, then I, I don't know how the, the NFLPA says, hey, yeah, let's let's just let's just start practicing and see how it goes. I mean, those are things that you're going to have to, I think, have laid out. 
And I, like I said, I know that the NFL, they've got a couple of different committees that have been working on this and, and a lot of it has been done out of the, the public's eye. Um, but we're going to have to find out in the next month or so just how in-depth those plans are because, yeah, you need to have an answer to that. And and that's why I say that, you know, the quality of the product that they put out there has got to be a concern because, you know, the NFL can't afford to put their players in positions where they're they're maybe doing things that they're not used to playing out of position. Um, you know, they're having to play more snaps than maybe they're ready for. There's a lot of different things that could go into that. And they've, they've got to be prepared for just making sure that they're not just playing football, but they're playing good football that's going to keep people safe. Yeah, I, I don't want to see three-man lines in the Arena League look. And and folks, if Travis Kelsey's a starter at quarterback, like that means Chris Jones is the backup, and this is scary now. I don't know where that goes from that point. Maybe Wildcat all day long. I don't know. Nobody but, wants to see replacement football, which, you no. know, hey, hey, it could be. And it, do you think that it could ever get to the point where there's enough, if a team gets hit hard enough by this virus, that there could be forfeitures in this season, knowing that the league wants to play this season regardless? I think, frankly, I mean, I think everything is on the table at this point. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, and and that is, I mean, from the league standpoint, I mean, everything's on the table for them. I mean, if you think right now that there's a hundred percent certainty that the NFL season is going to start on time, I, I I haven't talked to anybody who thinks that inside the league. I mean, for the most part, the varying opinions are from everywhere from. Hey, we think we can play. Maybe it's not going to be a hundred percent capacity. Maybe it'll be 50% capacity, but we think we can play with fans in the stands all the way to the other extreme where there are people who tell you, no, they do not do not think the football is going to be played this year. I mean, that is the, that's the, that's the range. And so in between there, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of other possibilities that they do play, but a team suffers an outbreak, can't play. It's going to have to forfeit. Uh, there's a lot of different scenarios. And, and that's why I say, once again, I mean, if I'm the NFLPA, I want answers to all these questions before we start showing up to training camp because yeah. I don't know why there's any purpose in putting yourself at risk if you don't know what's going to happen once once games start getting played. And if it comes down to that, folks, I'll do some kind of live stream. You can watch Chris or, or maybe I'll get Therese to come play me and men kick my butt. But that's about as much action as you're going to get. Um, <laughs> when we get back from this one, I, I want to change subjects for a minute. That's going to be it for us today, folks. When we get back tomorrow, we'll have more with Matt about a couple of different things in particular, where we're going with the quarterback itself. Thanks for checking this one out today. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Ryan Tracy is the founder of Rogue Analytics and the host of RGR Football on YouTube. Follow him there. Chris Clark is a senior analyst at ChiefsDigest.com where you can get his work. Rate and review at Apple Podcasts and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. Thank you for listening. Thank you.